Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. And I know, I know some of you are tired of the Russell Wilson talk, but I went on the Knock on Sports with Anthony Knockreiner. He had me on the local station here to talk Seahawks and talk Russell Wilson because this is a big national story, especially when Russell Wilson's agent went on record. His agent put his name to it. It wasn't an anonymous source. And that's why this is a story. And so I did a write-up for fieldgoals.com here on Tuesday and talked about how I came to really understand, well, maybe understand why Russell Wilson decided to list those four teams that his agent released. It does seem that if he were to move on from Seattle, what he'd be looking for in terms of a head coach, in terms of a team, and what it came down to was an offensive-minded coach and one who has had success in the NFL, at least getting to the postseason in the case of the Bears and with the other teams at least have some success in winning in the postseason. And so that's what I came to. I put an article up at fieldgoals.com to check that out. So here it is, my discussion with Anthony Knockreiner on his show, The Knock on Sports. Will Russell Wilson be playing for the Seattle Seahawks this fall or will he be playing for somebody else? That is the million-dollar question right now as we break it down with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, it is great to chat with you, man. Hope you're doing well. Anthony, if that is the million-dollar question, I will push all my chips to the center of the table and say Seattle and be collecting my money come September. Fair enough. I mean, but here's the thing, Brandon, let's start with this, because obviously this is all really started from just the comments from Russell Wilson. So first off, just give me your thoughts on the comments that Russell Wilson made. Well, initially, the comments from Russ, especially if you go back to the Dan Patrick show and and just some of his comments in kind of his whole. The funny thing is, is this all stemmed from his Walter Payton Man of the Year media tour. And really, the comments were about him wanting help on the offensive line. And really the, the overall theme was that 400 sacks, all, you know, nearly 400 sacks is just too much for his career so far. He's getting up to be the, the most sacked quarterback in the NFL all time. And so if he continues on this trajectory, I, I know Russell Wilson has to think about because he keeps throwing out this idea that he wants to play until he's 45. Well, if you keep getting hit at this kind of level, you're not going to make it to 45. And so he he wants some help with that. And whether or not that means, you know, he, he threw out the idea of wanting more control in terms of personnel. I, I Who knows what that even means? Because, you know, obviously he's he's not going to be the final decision maker. No player is. And, and having a little input. Yeah, maybe that makes sense. So those were really the comments that started all of this. And I suppose the, the thing that really got it to become the most real was after the athletic article by Michael Sean Dugar and a couple others at the athletic Mark Rogers, apparently through Adam Schefter gave a list of four teams that Russell Wilson would approve a trade to that. He still wanted to be in Seattle, but if he were to be traded, here's four teams. And so that I think was the biggest thing that made it the most real because here it is. It's a statement attributed to Russell Wilson's agent and it's listing actual team names that he'd be willing to go to. See, it's really interesting because there's a kind of a two ways I look at this. I think for one, uh, obviously it's, I think that's his agent getting out there and and saying, okay, Oh, guess what? We can release information too. But at the same time, I want to get your thoughts on this, Brandon. Obviously he wants help. You know how that happens. 
He renegotiates his contract because if you look at what Tom Brady's done, and I know I'm going to Tom Brady here, and I'm bringing the Bucks already into this two minutes, two and a half minutes into this conversation, but it it does show that if a quarterback doesn't demand to be the highest paid, it does help with the rest of the roster. So if he wants more help, because the Seattle Seahawks have to try and put this roster together with Lego pieces, trying to make everything work with the with the finances, is that pretty much the more the simple answer? Well, that's one way to do it. I don't necessarily think that it's a way that it has to be done. Uh, Tom Brady didn't take any kind of astronomical pay cut to play for the Bucks last season. And really, the difference in the salary that he could have made versus the salary that he took was probably the difference of signing Gronkowski uh, to the Bucks. And, you know, he had an impact, but really, you know, it wasn't that same kind of impact as the franchise being able to build an offensive line over the years. So, The Seahawks have tried to do that. They've tried to draft offensive linemen. And really, up until this year, they haven't had any success. You know, Damian Lewis has been the one successful guy that they've come in and and he's been drafted and has played a full season and looks like he's going to be a guy that sticks at that right guard spot. So they they haven't done a very good job at drafting linemen. That's where you would expect that to show up. And then I I do think that Russell Wilson has some blame in this, too, because he was the one that last year he wasn't talking about offensive linemen last year. He was talking about stars and he wanted to bring in Greg Olson. The Seahawks went out. They got Greg Olson. They paid him seven million dollars. Some would argue that it was overpaid and it really looks that way, especially when we saw the production that Olson gave the team this year. A lot of that was due to injuries through part of the season. But it wasn't Russ campaigning for offensive line so much last year. And, and really, that's what they went out and did. They went out, they drafted Damian Lewis, they got Brandon Shell, who, apart from injury, uh, was pretty successful. And then, you know, they, they kind of whiffed on their other free agent signing, uh, but they were able to turn around him and get Carlos Dunlap so, as, as part of a trade. So it's not like they've been ignoring it necessarily. They just haven't done a good job. And sure, would I like Russ to renegotiate and take less so they could sign more offensive linemen? Sure, but realistically, I know we—you know—that's not going to happen. No, very true, very true. I don't uh, suspect that too many players want to take less money. Uh, but at the same time, too, Brandon, uh, let me get your thoughts on this. Do you think? Because everyone's blowing that it's Russell Wilson's really not happy with the Seahawks. Uh, personnel department right now and and front office and everything else. You think people are blowing this out of proportion? Because I I just don't think there's that much of a rift. There's a disagreement, which is always healthy, but I don't think there's that much of a rift. I I think what we're getting the sense of is that, yes, and I would agree that it's probably being blown out of proportion, but that there's probably more of a rift there than, than maybe we had even thought. And I think that's what Uh, Michael Sean was getting at with his article in The Athletic and yeah, that maybe this disagreement in philosophy between Pete and Russell Wilson, maybe it is a little bit stronger than anyone thought. Right now, my featured guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. We'll get Brandon's thoughts on the four teams that Russell Wilson put out there. We'll get his thoughts on that next year on the Knock on Sports. talking the NFL. We're talking about Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, you had an article out today on the fieldgoals.com uh, and it was very interesting because I hadn't thought of it this way, but you really took a dive uh, deep into why the four teams that Russell Wilson named kind of explain it for us. Why did he choose those four teams? Some make sense. A couple didn't. 
Well, and that's the reason why I was trying to dig into it, because the the four teams that his agent named, it was the the Cowboys and the Saints. And, and from a perspective of going to big name teams or a coach like Sean Payton that has a history of winning, those two teams kind of made sense to me. But as far as some of the other teams, like the Bears, everybody was pointing out that, you know, here's a team that I guess they have some kind of success because, um, you know, Matt Nagy took them to the playoffs a while back. But, you know, in terms of an organization that, you know, really fits the type of philosophy that you would think, eh, the Bears don't make a ton of sense. And then the Raiders with John Gruden, if if you're talking about, having an offensive philosophy of really wanting to throw the ball a lot. John Gruden's kind of an old school type coach. So I don't get the sense that, you know, that kind of fit with Russ and John Gruden would be the best either if he wants, you know, a more modern type of offense like the Chiefs run. So uh, that was interesting to me. And then so when I started to look at the teams and break it all down, because there were there were other teams that made sense to me from the type of standpoint that they're just a quarterback away from being competitive for either a division or, you know, an AFC championship, NFC championship. And I think of a team like the Washington football team and Russell Wilson went to high school in, in Richmond, which is just down the road from DC. So that team seemed to make a lot of sense to me as a, as a possible destination. And the NFC East would be an easy division to win. You have the Miami dolphins who, you know, they looked like, you know, we don't know about Tua, but if you put a quarterback like Russell Wilson in that system, that's a team that's a quarterback away from, I think, going deep in the playoffs. So they have those types of rosters. And then in the in the past with his uh, suggestions that he might want to go to New York, you know, why not the Jets or, or why not the New York Giants? And when you look at those four teams, they're all coaches with defensive coordinators who or, or special teams coordinators that are in the head coaching positions. And so that, that just struck me as curious that, okay, he, maybe he's trying to avoid going to defensive coordinators. And then it, it just stood out to me that it was those four teams, the Raiders, Cowboys, Bears, and Saints. They have offensive coordinators. I started looking at some of the other teams that have offensive coordinators or former offensive coordinators as head coaches. And none of them made sense. You, you know, the Packers, the, the chiefs, the bucks, those three teams all have quarterbacks that went to the championship games in the Super Bowl this year. And then you had the Colts and the Rams who just made trades for quarterbacks. So you'd leave them off. And then the 49ers was the only other team that had a coach that had led a team into the playoffs. And the Seahawks aren't going to make a trade within the division. So it was curious to me that it was those four teams that are the only ones with former offensive coordinators as head coach and coaches that have experience at least taking a team to the playoffs. I, I mentioned Matt Nagy. He doesn't have any playoff wins, but at least he won a division title his first year back in 2018 and, and took the Bears to the playoffs. So it, it was just curious to me that that's what it ended up being was those four teams. You think that has anything to do with the fact that Pete Carroll and the way he coaches uh, because he doesn't want to play for another defensive, former defensive coordinator, special teams or defensive head coach? It does seem to be that you would be sending that type of message that I want to go to an offensive-minded head coach if I'm traded, and I mean, that's exactly what it looks like to me. 
Right now, we are with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. As we were talking about Russell Wilson, latest storylines, the four teams that were named that he could possibly uh, want to go to if he was traded. Uh, Brandon, speaking of trades, I've got one for you here, and you might have seen it from from Nick Wright here, but I did want to get your thoughts on this potential trade because I don't know how somebody actually thought this was a good idea. Uh But they ran with it on television. Uh, Here's the trade. So it's a four-team trade with the Jets, the 49ers, the Seahawks, and the Texans. I don't think this happens for one reason because the 49ers are involved, but either way, I'm going to spell it out for you. Texans receive Darnold, number two pick, number 12 pick from San Francisco, and the number 34 pick from the Jets, and a 2022 first-round pick. The Seahawks would then get Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Bosa, and the number 23 pick from the Jets. Uh, Let's see here. And a 2022 first round pick from San Francisco. Then the 49ers would get Watson and the Jets would get Russell Wilson. Your thoughts on that trade. This is maybe one of the worst ideas that I've ever seen. And the fact that Nick Wright said this was his masterpiece, like that he spent time on this and was willing to consider it his masterpiece, that he he worked all this through. And this is what he came up with to make the the Seahawks the team with the best quarterback of those four teams, the best quarterback in the NFC West. And then they end up with Jimmy Garoppolo. So they go from having the best quarterback in the NFC West to the worst. And not only that, okay, we get Nick Bosa, but those first round draft picks are late round draft picks. I think it wasn't even San Francisco's highest draft pick. It was one next year. So it's ridiculous because the 49ers would end up with Deshaun Watson in his proposed trade. So they end up with the best quarterback in the division. Russell Wilson goes to the Jets. Now, this was before he said that, you know, that wasn't one of the teams on his list. But yeah, it was uh, it was a curious trade proposal. He framed it as who says no. And I can't think of a single Seahawks fan or anyone in the Seahawks front office willing to keep their job that would say yes to that. Yeah, I, I really couldn't see the Seattle Seahawks taking this deal because, like you said, where's the appeal for Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that still hasn't really proved that he's a franchise quarterback. He's won games, no question, with a good defense and a good running attack, but that doesn't ultimately mean he can be a franchise guy. So, yeah, I was kind of curious because, like I said, it seems like the team that would lose out in this deal would be the Seattle Seahawks. Absolutely. Yeah, they get a pass rusher. Now, Bosa, he has some injury concerns. They get two first-round picks. They're late-round picks. They're not in a spot to where you would get a quarterback. Uh, To me, if it were ever even going to be considered it would have to be one of the three teams with one of the first three picks, and you would have to be sold if you're the Seahawks on the idea that you can find a quarterback in those first three picks that's going to be a franchise quarterback. And there's no guarantee for that. And you see teams like Jacksonville, you know, the the idea pitched to them of, if would you rather have the first pick overall or would you rather have Russell Wilson? And you see Jaguars fans saying, well, I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence because there's a chance that we could land a quarterback that's going to be here for 20 years. And Russell Wilson's you know, 32. And how many more years does he have left? So you end up in that kind of trade off to where you have a team that they would rather take the unknown with the potential of the long term versus the known player in Russell Wilson. And so You know, even going back to 2018, where it was the rumored deal that maybe the Browns would trade the number one overall pick for Russell Wilson, and that never happened. But if it were to happen, you know, the Seahawks, they would have had an opportunity to go out and get the the likely candidate was Josh Allen that year. You know, even in that scenario, it never happened. So I just I don't see 
that ever really happening. And you have Deshaun Watson, who he's made it known that he wants to be traded from the Houston organization. And they're still saying, no, we don't really want to trade him because he's under contract. And I'm not even sure if that trade's going to happen this offseason, Anthony. I would say this, Brandon, it feels like especially this year, just because of the possibilities of the number of quarterbacks that could be on the move, this kind of feels like everyone has some Madden fever in <laughs> franchise mood. They want to see all these trades and see what could be dealt and all these type of deals, wheeling a deal. We all like the idea of trades, depending on you know which fan base you are. Uh, but it just seems like this is more hot air than anything else. And with that being said, Brandon, I want your thoughts if this is more just hot air. But at the same time, is there something that the Seahawks can do this offseason that can make Russell Wilson happy in terms of is there a free agent? Do they got to do something in the first round of the draft? Is there something? Well, they need to get a center. They need to get a left guard. Those were two spots that were open. That's the logical place. And I just have to think that that's something that they were going to do anyway, whether this whole drama around Russell was created. So it's it's strange that it's something that he would necessarily be pushing for when it's kind of the logical thing to do in the offseason anyway. So I do feel like it's a lot of hot air. He's not going to go anywhere. It doesn't make sense of really any kind to try and move on from Wilson when he's got multiple years left on his contract. It would make a huge dead money salary cap hit to the Seahawks. It's something that he's going to be here next year. And the one thing that you have to do is come back and then work with the new offensive coordinator who apparently he had some kind of say in selecting and work together and and get back to the playoffs. And that's the easiest way I can think of to fix everything. My featured guest, Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episodes of the podcast or your latest articles, how can they do that? Yeah, go to fieldgoals.com, check that out, and then sbnation.com slash NFL podcast to subscribe to the show. We've been doing some neat stuff with Locker Room and trying to do kind of a live show where people can interact on uh, over the weekends. So uh, check for that. I'll have a post up on field goals once we have a set time coming up this weekend where we're going to go live there. Brandon, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight. Always fun to chat with you and looking forward to doing so again soon. Always appreciate it, Anthony. Go Hawks. <laughs> 